Welcome to the Dr. Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Pagenta. I'm a doctorally prepared nurse practitioner, and I am so glad you decided to join me today. The Dr. Nurse Podcast is a podcast for nurses and nurse practitioners that are wanting to understand what exactly their degrees can do for them. After the birth of my son, I had this aching desire to have more flexibility in my career choices, despite feeling like all the alphabet soup after my name didn't really afford me very many options. I launched the podcast to find the answers that I so desperately needed. I also knew I couldn't be the only nurse who felt this way. Does this sound like you? If so, come and hang out with me as I figure out what our nursing degrees can give us access to as far as career flexibility, control over our schedules, and entrepreneurship by talking with NPs and RNs who are doing exactly that. Sit back and enjoy the conversation. Hi, Janine. Welcome to the podcast. We're having way too much fun. We haven't even gotten started. I love it. Absolutely love it. So Janine Elbach is a BSN RN. It looks like you're certified OB. Yeah. Certified in OB. She's a wife, a mom of two boys and a great Dane, which dog babies count. Peter, an author of the book Entrepreneurs, which is a book that tells you about 30 plus nurses that turned into business owners and they share their secret to success. She has been a freelance health content writer since 2013, and she's the CEO of Write Nurse. She also hosts the Savvy Scribe podcast and owns the SavvyNurseWriter.com, and she helps healthcare companies with their content and social needs. Welcome to the podcast, Janine. I'm a fan of you. I'm so happy to have you on. Well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. I'm excited to be here. And like you said, too much fun before even 9 a.m. is always a good day. Always a good start to our day. I haven't even had my coffee yet. Oh, my goodness. And I right. can't imagine. I can't imagine. <laughs> well, I've introduced you to my guest. Please kind of describe you, how you see yourself day to day, kind of how you see your role as, as a nurse. Sure, sure. So I started my career back in 2006 at the bedside as, in OB, like you said. And I, I'm a nurse here in Cleveland, Ohio. And I started at our tertiary center downtown. I've done like all the things between bedside nurse to preceptor to charge nurse to editor to assistant nurse manager, all the things except probably director. I was on night shift for about 10 years, did all that stuff. And, but I was always working a side job or working with the PRN. And I noticed that a lot of nurses were also doing the same. And I was like floundering in the space of like, I don't know what I want to do. Like I, I love OB and I don't see myself leaving OB, but I just don't, there's something missing, but I didn't know what it was. I realized that it wasn't like another job. It wasn't working for someone. There was this like entrepreneurial spirit inside of me that I didn't know really existed until it was when I was working a home care job for a pregnant women. And I would go out to their houses in the inner city of Cleveland and give them their injections. And I was like on my own throughout the day. I just chart and then I like schedule my patients and make sure everybody was coordinated. And I only called the center if I really needed something, which I really never really did. So it was like, great. But then I realized I'm like, wait, there's, there's something here. Like I know I like to work by myself because I am self-motivated and I know what I need to do. I know what needs done, but there's gotta be something more. There's gotta, like I crave that time with my family my time with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I was picking up a bunch of night shifts like for extra money, for extra time, whatever. And it was still just like not, I didn't know what else to do. So 
I went like many nurses on the Google search of what can a nurse do on the side? And I found not through nursing, but through moms, a mom that was doing freelance writing. I had no idea what that meant. I didn't know what a freelancer was. I didn't know what the heck they wrote or who they wrote for. And I had no idea that you could make money doing it, but that's kind of how it started. And I went down that path and got some support in that group and grew a freelance writing business on the side of actually those two jobs, the home care job and the bedside job at that time to try to figure out what it was. And then I fell in love with it. I was like, yep, this is exactly what I want. I'm with my kids working whenever I want. It was great. Fantastic. And has your freelance nursing savvy writer nurse career taken the place of working bedside? Are you working bedside still and still working in the, the home care job or are you just, are you just doing that or are you split still? So I started this back in 2015 officially is when I started my business, my LLC, whatever. And this past March is when I quit bedside nursing. I slowly went down. I was full-time, then I went part-time and then I went PRN. And then I eventually fizzled the rest out after yeah. I transitioned into an agency. It's what I am now. So yeah, it was, it was a slow process, but that was okay for me. That's how I wanted to, yeah. to have it go. What I like about that too, and a lot of people have described it on the podcast is when you take your time, it feels less stressful than when you're like just yeah. all in, you know, like when I say like balls to the walls, you just throw it all in, all chips in, Casino Royale style. You just take your yeah. time and you play the game and it's a lot less stressful, especially when you have children, especially when you're a mom. That liberty, I feel like is something that's reserved for someone that's not have a kid that's like, your mom was to eat. You know, when you've got somebody yeah. that's yeah. dependent on yeah. you to eat and to live, it's a lot more risky to just throw it all in. So that slowly gradual backing away from the work as you ramp up your side hustle, I think it's just a lot of wisdom, especially for, for people that have people depending on them. So I like that a lot. How did you choose nurse writing and how to be a writer? Was this something that you kind of sat down and were like, these are my strengths. These are things that I'm good at. And then how you were able to channel that into something that you can do. Because I know a lot of nurses are sitting there and they're like, okay, I don't really know what I'm good at. I like writing. Yeah. I don't like writing. I like blogging, but I don't like writing. So like, how did you kind of sift through your soul and figure out like, this is what lights me up. This is what I'm called to do. How'd you find it? So I think the first thing was that entrepreneurial spirit. If you're going to work for yourself and whatever you're good at, and you don't want to be an employee of somebody else. I think that's where I had to channel in first is like, I am self-motivated. I know what needs done. I'm organized and I'm pretty productive. I can get a lot of things done in a day, probably more than most people. And it's because I plan everything and it works out. Of course, seasons of life happen and it doesn't always work out. But in general, that's kind of how I plan my days. And I think too, the writing wasn't what sparked me at first. It was more of the drive. What could get me home? What can, what can I do? that I would still enjoy. And what I did enjoy was when I went for my bachelor's, I did it online and I went through a program that I didn't have any tests. I had all papers. And that's when I realized, you know, I like, I love evidence-based research. I love putting things into language that makes sense for people rather than these scholarly kind of articles all the time. I was able to write a paper that actually kind of made sense and people would actually enjoy reading it. So there I actually enjoy writing and a lot of people don't enjoy writing. It's a skill that a lot of people really don't enjoy, but what it is, is it's also something that you can improve on. And I think 
a lot of nurses that come to me and they're like, Jimmy and I want to start my own writing business, but I don't think I'm a good writer. Usually what I say is, well, were you a good nurse when you first started as a nurse? No, you're not. Everybody sucks at first. And it's the same thing like nursing. We needed a, a degree to do exactly what we're doing. We had to do a lot of experience in clinicals and whatnot. But in writing, I compare it to an IV start. We all sucked at it at first, but then over time, you might be working with a preceptor who's like, you know, do this before you try to do your IV. Try and get the vein to do this. Look here first. And over time, you kind of pile these things together. And now you could probably start an IV on anybody. And that's a skill that you develop. Whereas nursing degree is something that you had to study and really eventually get a license to do. Writing is different. You don't need another four-year degree to become a writer. You just really need to practice and practice and practice. And then you end up getting good at it. It takes time, like anything. But that's what yeah. I honed in on is that I knew I was organized. I knew I was productive. I was always the person on our unit that was putting things together, thinking outside the box, and was able to put that into my own work and my own business. Yeah. I think a couple of things. I think a lot of nurses are naturally good at that part that you're describing, the planning part, the implementation yeah. part, the thinking outside of the box. I remember following after a nurse and just being like, how did she figure out how to, just like, so we hung the Apple set and then we had to like piggyback that with the D5 because it's not compatible. So we had to make sure that we had the normal saline running through the port. We got that, like every nurse just naturally does this, right? And we don't even realize that these skills that we acquire at our job play very nicely into running your own business. Yet in the moment, you just think, oh, I'm just figuring out how to get a patient his medications. No, you aren't. You are actually figuring out how to create solutions, which is what business owners have to do constantly. They constantly have to have this, well, successful business have to have this mindset of abundance. I don't see problems. I just see, I need to make solutions. I mean, I need to get to these points and then I have to be well-planned, right? So I remember also as a nurse, in order for me to get my day started, I had to get my brain, right? I literally yes. had to write my brain from the hours of seven in the morning till seven at night. I knew when this patient was getting a sub-Q induction. I knew when this patient, he went to radiology for this period of time. I have to catch up on his meds. It's what we do. I think it's just so interesting that you were very clearly able to see that these are things that you just naturally do. They are proclivities. They are things that become easy. And you're right. It does translate very nicely into business. The next thing I was thinking about when you were talking was, you know, what have you been able to grow in your business? So I know you're an author. I've read your book. It's very, very good. In fact, I think I read your book. I want to say it was like three or four years ago. Like it's in my Kindle. The Kindle. I, read, I loved it. And it was funny because when you, when we started talking about you coming on the podcast, I was like, that title of that book is really familiar. And then I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is the author of that book that I read like X amount of years ago. And so it was just such a cool, like, aha moment. It's so fun. It was such a fun book. Such a great book. And it's so chock full of information. I started, I think that's what probably sparked AC yeah, say, nurses. Yeah, it sparked a lot of ideas. Yes, as business people. Like, oh no, we can build stuff. We can make stuff. We are actually creative. Like, yeah. we don't just have to be in the hospital. So that, I have to give you credit on that. And so everyone can hear it that listens to the Thank podcast. You. I think that's just so cool. But I know you're an author, you've got your business, do you have like business where you teach nurses how to grow their own writing businesses and then kind of what you've been able to kind of branch out almost like what I like to call like roots of the business. And so you're able to pull in more revenue. So what have you been able to develop as an entrepreneur? Yeah. Thanks for listening to the episode. I hope you're enjoying the conversation. I wanted to take this time and remind you to check out the Success NP Etsy shop. 
It's a shop that I design with my best girlfriend, cute nurse practitioner gear, hats, bags, anything you could think of, as well as adorable digital products, mom life stuff, so resources for nurses to come. We're just excited about our shop. It's another way to support the podcast and to get really cool gear. Check it out and be sure to tell your friends about the podcast as well as the Etsy shop if you'd like. And what I'm building here, any promotion, any sharing helps build my audience and I greatly appreciate it. Now let's get back to the episode. So I think going back to how I slowly left the bedside, I think I would have left sooner if 2020 didn't happen. But 2020 happened. And even though it took me a minute to leave the bedside, it actually changed my whole business. And I was doing Savvy Nurse Writer. My podcast, Savvy Scribe, started as like a podcast to help nurses go into their own freelance writing businesses. So from the podcast, I was doing like group coaching. And then I developed a course, but it wasn't like where I wanted it to be. And then in 2020, I launched Plan Produce Profit, which is the course for nurses to become freelance writers. So like the, the podcast feeds, you know, it feeds, feeds each other, honestly. And that was great. It was wonderful. I was helping a lot of nurses while I still had clients. And so my business, RN, is my freelance writing business for myself. So like what I help nurses do, that was mine. And so I had my own clients. And so I would have projects for them. And then I was still coaching nurses. Well, then in 2020, I ended up having to then be, so I was the unit educator at that time. So like I said, I work in OB. So not only was COVID a mess for one in the hospital, OB was particularly a mess because we had absolutely no idea about how COVID was like affecting a regular human, let alone a baby human or a mother human. So it's, it was very scary for a lot of nurses. It was very scary for a lot of patients. I had a lot of nurses quitting. I had a lot of nurses starting and I had two hospitals and I was doing kind of hours so that I could remote teach my children, which I never wanted to do my entire life. Plus I had pretty much full-time client work in my writing business. So I was like, something has to give. Children can't give. Little job pays my bills and my benefits. I can't let that go. But the writing business, I gotta, I gotta do something here. So I coached a lot of those nurses and I was like, hey girls, I have a lot of clients and I can't meet these deadlines. Anybody want some work? Oh yeah, well, free client work? Absolutely. So I was subcontracting these nurses to work with these clients and it worked out wonderful, really great. But then I was like, wait, I think I got something here. So what ended up happening over the last three years was I built this base of nurse writers who have specialties from kids to cardiac, to mental health, to the OB, to wherever. And we have this huge database of writers or aspiring writers who write for clients of RN. That's how we're an agency now. So for example, like some of our clients are like Sports Illustrated, or there's a, a mental health eating disorder client. We write for a few medical universities for their blog, a couple hospital blogs. So some of them want like that eating disorder. They want nurses that work with patients with eating disorders. So we're able to like match up nurses with, with the client, but I'm like the middleman. So now I don't do, yeah, I don't do too much of the writing per se. I do a lot of the project management day-to-day -day stuff. So my focus is more on that and on the course and my students, which is wonderful because we have so much going on in there. It's not just like a course. We have live guests and we have workshops and we have 
Q&A sessions and, and a whole bunch of fun stuff to ha have like a community of writers, not just like a course that you sign up for and, and like learn it and you're done. So it's, it's, it's awesome. It is like Ugh. nothing I could have ever predict, predicted three years ago by any means. You know, it is so <laughs> funny as you were talking, like I was just getting like my heart just felt like it was swelling. I was just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like this is like, it brings me so much joy to hear how things just organically develop and you're like, wait a minute, yeah, something here. Like you, it wasn't something that you like intentionally tried to build or make or like produce, no. like you were just paying attention and you were just like, oh, uh -huh. wait, yeah. I think I got something here. Like, and yeah. again, like, I don't think it could have happened to a better person, but you know what I think the best part too is that you go back to how you started and where you are now. And it's so incredible to watch the growth. There is no cap. There is no ceiling on what you can do now. Yeah. Right. And like with hospital jobs, with, you know, any type of employment type job, what you, what you think is just, you have opportunities, you're going to have growth, but there's always a ceiling. There's always a cap. It's because yeah. there's study yeah. that's dictating what you can and cannot do. And so by doing something for yourself, and this is what I want nurses to hear, like by starting something small, even if it is not even nursing related, I mean, it was for you in this case, but for some people that's, it's not, they just want to start cricketing and they just want to just cricket, like, go do it, like go get started because it could be this thing that you can just eventually go, oh, wait a minute, how did I... I got something here. Like, and it's just so neat yeah. to hear your story. And again, it just fills my heart with so much joy to hear that because I want that for so many nurses. Like, again, if they want the entrepreneurial route, but even so, even if this was just a hobby or something that you enjoy yeah. doing, yeah. talking extra to nurses money. about writing, it's just a little extra money on the side that can get you to your goals and it's faster. different part of your brain. You know, it's yes. not like you're working another 12 and like going to work and have to find for the kids and, and all that stuff. Like, it's just a, such a, you know, there's, there's, it's obviously not like about the money. There's so many other things to entrepreneurship that like is things I never even knew. Like, you know, it's winter here right now. And the snow days, for example, we would like fight my husband and I, you call off. No, you call off. I had to call. I'm going to get two points if I call off now. You're, you need to call. It was always yeah. a fight. Now it's like, Oh, everybody's home. Cool. Like whatever. And then it's like, just in summertime, we got to go on, a, we, we took our camper, which we didn't have back then because we could never go camping, but we took our camper this past year up through Maine and like through the New England area. And I had a hot spot. I was able to sit in the car for eight hours while he drove and answered emails and did this and that. And, that. and it was like amazing. It was yeah. just, a, it's just a different life that I never thought we, we could possibly have. And, you know, it's really, I, I've inspired, which, you know, makes my heart swell other people in my life, like not just like the nurses that I help, like my brother-in-law started a tea and spice shop in, in here in Cleveland. And he was a, a radiology tech at the bedside, like totally different. And he was like, I want, I want a different type of life. And you know, if you, if you feel it, go for it, like take the risk. If you can, if you can calculate a yeah. risk, like think about it. Calculated. It's not like, like you're going to the casino and throwing all your money away you need to think about it. You need to have a plan and you need to know, okay, the worst thing that could possibly happen is this fail. And guess what? There's always going to be a bedside job for me. Always. Like I'm not concerned about it, but then you get this like stubbornness inside of yourself. You're like, well, I'm not going to let it fail. So I'm there not going to go. bedside. <laughs> like, 
how to jerk it out. I love that. And I love what you're saying about the impact that you can make because you're limited to the scope of your hospital field or wherever you're working, you're limited to their values and beliefs, right? Yeah. So you know how whenever you get started at a job and they give you that sheet of paper that says, these are our core values. And so like they yeah. give you the core values because hospitals know. People don't spend the time personally to create their core values, but hospital institutions know we need to have a set of core values, man. Because if we don't have a goalpost, we don't have something that we're trying to like use as our boundaries, we're going to drift. So if you notice, guys, hospitals set up values and beliefs, and then they put them on us, right? And we are like, these are yeah. our values, so you need to make sure you push them out. But when you're a business owner, you get to set your values. You get to set your beliefs. You get to go, it's important for me to be there when my kids need me. It's important to me to go on those vacations and make those core memories with my children and my family and my husband. And it's also important to me to impact the career of nursing as a whole. Because think about all the other women, all the other men, nurses that you were able to help grow businesses, that they're able to create their own lives. They would have never had that impact in the hospital. Well, yes, you take care of patients, but it's yeah. like individual people that you're changing their lives. That's so cool. Well, and that's what I struggled with though, Sandra, was when I went into this, I was like, how am I going to help people anymore? Like I was really struggling with that. Like, because all I could think of is a nurse helps patients, a nurse helps patients, a nurse helps patients. And I've helped so many patients over 20 years. Like I, I've delivered so many people's babies that were like, I call them my repeat offenders. Like that come and have more and more babies. And like, we're like friends now. And like, you see them in the community and it's like, well, how am I going to do that? Like, I miss it. Like, how am I going to do that? But then, like you said, nurses have come to me and they're like, you help me. Even if it was like, you help me get tires on my car. You help me pay for groceries. Without you, I couldn't have paid off my student debt. Without you, I couldn't have done this, done that. And I'm like, oh my God, like I did that though. What a full career. Them that took action on doing it, but truly I gave them that outlet to be able to do that. And it's, it's mind blowing, like how you feel like you've done that. And I I didn't even realize it until other people have said it. And I'm like, yeah, yes, I am. Well, that's pretty cool. Like I, I never realized. (laughs) People reading your book, you don't even realize you're like, oh, you read my book. I'm like, pour it all over it. Loved it. Thank you. Yes. Fantastic. So what is something that you would go back and tell your younger self at the start of your career that you wish you would have known as a baby bedside nurse that you're like looking back, you would give her as a piece of advice? I think it's go follow your heart. Like I was always listening to what other people wanted me to do. Go back to school, go do this, go do that, because that's what you're supposed to do. And I almost went and got a master's in either nursing education or midwifery. I almost did, but I knew I didn't want to do that. I, but I was told, well, you know, you, you've done everything at the hospital here. So you either go into administration or you could go into midwifery or, and I'm like, well, that's, that's, I don't know. That doesn't seem like where I want to go. And thank God I didn't listen to it because I don't know where I'd be. I'd be in a lot of debt honestly, because I want to be pursuing what that was supposed to do. Like I, like, so there's, I think just a lot of it's just follow your heart. Always, always look beyond like where you are. Like if there's like, look, like always educate yourself on everything. And it's like, it doesn't matter if it's a diagnosis that somebody has that you never heard of, go look it up, like figure it out and just be prepared and, and just know that there's 
your life isn't what it's going to look like now. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't look like what it does now, 10 years from now. It shouldn't. Yes. Or you're not growing. No, that's good. Or you're not growing. You're stagnant. And I love what you said about the debt and the midwifery program or the, the masters, because it would also, that debt keeps you shackled, right? It keeps you shackled yes. to the hospital and either in a loan repayment type program. Exactly. You're in a contract or even some of the nurses will find themselves needing that income to pay their student loans because their student loan is just almost as much as their car payment, you know, like, or more, or it's like as much as their, you know, how, depending on where you go to school, it can be very expensive. And so it's like, again, that's why the side hustle, it's the side hustle thing has become something I've been fixating on because it's like, the more we start to diversify our income, the more it does give us freedom. It gives us options. It gives us Again, if you can passively make money while you're asleep, I mean, come on, this is like, this is, this is what we need to be doing as nurses to set ourselves free so that in turn, we can turn to hospitals and say, okay, so I know these are your beliefs and values, but here are mine. So for us mm -hmm. to work together, you're going to need to adhere to my beliefs and values because I'm not just going to push yours. I'm going to push mine because I'm <laughs> in this relationship as well. Right. And so we're both yes. going to come yes. together and work together because I'm only going to do this. I don't need you for the full 40 hours a week. I don't need the, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that you need the hospital for, you guys can create a symbiotic relationship instead of the solo, the solo relationship of, I just need you, please don't let me go. Because you're hearing about the nurses, right? You know, striking up in Mount Sinai and I'm seeing all this stuff on Instagram and I'm like, what is going? Oh, but mm -hmm. I do just kind of go like, yes, I don't know what's happening, but we're fighting back. We're trying to say, hey, listen, like value us. And so I when think I saw really... that it wasn't just about money, it's not about money. They, and they just think that <laughs> nurses are so greedy. And it's like, well, first off, just pay us what we're worth. Nobody will be greedy. And second, like, no, it's not about that. It's about our safety. It's about our license that we work so hard for. Like, yeah. just respect us. And Yes. It's, it's a shame. It really is that they, that they just don't see it. And that yeah, nurses are a little, and it's, mm -hmm. it's sick name, honestly. Yes. I love the movie Ants. Have you seen that movie Ants? You have Give Kids. Yeah. Do you remember Ants? Yeah. So I remember watching it just recently with my toddler and I saw it through a different lens for the first time. Like I'd watched it before and I'm like, oh, ants were revolting against the crickets. But the ants outnumbered the crickets, right? Like, there's 4 million yes. nurses. There's 400,000 plus or minus nurse practitioners. Like there's a whole lot of us. And yet we let the crickets come in and run the place. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so I remember watching yes. the ants that, you know, is it got a Disney movie? I don't know why I'm getting amped up about this like Disney movie. And my kid is just like, you know, they're just ants and crickets. I'm like, it's not ants. It's the nurses. <laughs> and it's the, you know. It's the nurses it's in the head. Yeah. Head on. So, and so, yeah, I mean, you watch that movie now, everyone watches it now. It's going to be like, oh, great. So just ruined it for me. But it's just like a total like vibe where you're like, oh, we outnumber them. Like we need to see our value. We need to yeah. know our worth. And then we need to advocate to be treated that way. And so, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. Wonderfully said. When things really like piss me off that are like safety related and they're not respecting nurses and like whatever. They would like come up on our unit and they're like, we're going to be cutting staff and blah, 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 blah. And I'd be the only one to speak up. Nobody would speak up. I don't know if they were afraid they were going to get fired, but I just didn't care. I was just like, you can't do that. Like, why would you do that? And everybody's like, no, no, Janine's not gonna yeah. no it's true. That's why I could never be in a, like a director role because I'm not a yes man and, I, and I'm not going to stand for it. And yeah. I think that's kind of what pushed me to the limit at the end. 
of my career at the bedside was I couldn't I couldn't handle it anymore. I couldn't handle the dictatorship and the the you know them them ruling us all the time. And it's like no, yeah. that's just because we work for you doesn't mean you you own us. And yes, that's, that's how it is. And I hate it. Yeah, I went up there recently just to visit. And everybody's like, oh, you're coming back, Janine, you're coming back. They're like, no, no, I'm not coming back. And I just still saw it. I'm like, a couple things here and there. And I'm like, that's the reason I left. That's the reason I left. And I'm like, it's still, it's just so prevalent now. And when you're in it, you're like, yeah, I could deal with it. Yeah, I could deal with it. And now that I don't have to deal with it, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not there. So glad. Yeah. No. And I, you know what? It's so funny. I just had this thought as you were talking but again, I think going back to that same mentality of getting hospitals to respect our our skills and our value, when you begin to operate and you start to see your worth and value, you then require everyone else around you to step up. It's like, I'm just not going to take mm-hmm. it or I'm going to go. And so when, you, when hospitals start to view us that way, it's less about, you know, it becomes more about nurse retention. How do we keep nurses? Because they have so many options that we're just one of them. Okay. We're not the only one. Right. And so when nurses start branching out and saying, yo, 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 I've got three other incomes. Like you're just one of them. So what you're not going to do is run me ragged. What you're not going to do. Like when nurses have the option, then it's almost like dating, right? Like, I mean, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but it is, it's like dating. You're just like, listen, I got a, I got this kind of guy after me. I got this guy after me. I I married this guy because he's great. And then I'm, I'm thinking about adding another one. So I'm just letting you know, like, if you don't work out, it's fine. I've got other ones. Like, it's all right. You know, I'm, I'm okay. Stream, right? Like, you don't want to. Right. Right. All the men chasing you. <laughs> yeah, it's totally what it is. Girls, get you mobile. Get you mobile, girls. Anyway. Many. Get choices. You get choices. Exactly. Because <laughs> then they'll treat you different, right? Like, they will. Hospitals will treat you differently when they know nurses can do it. They got anything. competition. I got competition. got competition. Yes. Yes. I think so. I don't know. Those are just thoughts I had right now. Maybe I shouldn't share them, but I, but I did. So here we are. So, well, you know, the other thing a lot of nurses think is that, you know, we're, we are like the little guy and like these like big wigs come in and somehow we're supposed to act different. Like we're supposed to, we're different than them. They're not different than us. They're, they're the same type of human being. They're going home and to their families. They're going, they put their, you know, pants on one leg at a time, like everybody else. Like, it's so funny to me how like skittish like nurses get around even doctors or the CEO or whatever. Who cares? They are human beings. You're gonna see them, you know, a giant eagle our grocery store down the road. Like yeah. they they're just normal human beings. And I think that's the other thing too, is a lot of people can't talk to the higher ups because they're like afraid or something. And it's it's yeah. nonsense. It's nonsense. Yeah. No, it's true. And what you're saying as well is again, I think in healthcare we see ourselves as like the they know that we separate ourselves from the patient. And even that is like another hierarchy class, you know, yes. classification that we try to live. Like, well, those are the patients. I'm the nurse. Then there's the nurse practitioner. Yeah. Then there's the doctor. Then there's, the you doctor, know, the administrator. Yeah. And so there's this like class system when we realize like, no, like we're all rowing the same boat. Like we're all rowers. Yeah. And so without us, the boat doesn't go just like without the doctors, the boats don't go. And, and without the people running the business, it doesn't go. I mean, we're all needed. And so it needs to be kind of more of a collaborative thing. And I like this book called, I think it's good to great or built to last. Those two books are so good, but they talk a lot about 
getting the right people on the bus, right? And so a bus, all the seats on the bus, like you just got to get the bus rolling and you want the right people in the right spots doing the right things that are towards, you know, that shows them that they're respectful, they're respected and they're needed on the bus because everyone's ne is necessary for the bus to get going, but having the right people in the right spots. And so I like that book a lot because it just kind of goes back to like that, that mindset of like, we're all needed. Like none of us are mm -hmm. any higher or lower, but just something about human nature just wants to devalue certain people and lift other people up. Yeah. And it's just like, man, we've got to fight that because you will find that you can be a, a, a janitor and have more influence mm -hmm. on people than some of the physicians. And I've met doctors that I thought if my son acted like this guy, I would be so yeah. upset I have failed yeah. as a parent. Whereas I'll meet a janitor and I'm like, if that, my kid acts like that janitor, I would be so proud of him because he works his butt off. He doesn't complain. He's always looking at, he'll look for the patient and he'll go into the room and he'll bring something to the patient. And I'm like, you're just the janitor. Like, and he shows pride in his work. Yes, you're just the janitor. But I've seen them do little things for people. Some of them have done that. And I'm thinking this person's a leader, period doesn't matter what they're doing. Yeah. They're just leading. Yeah. And it's incredible to watch. So Janine, for the last part of the interview, let's just leave it on that, is the rapid fire <laughs> questions that I want to get. I want you to give a shameless plug for your business. Okay. So. Okay. What is your favorite holiday? My favorite holiday is Halloween because I have a candy <laughs> addiction. You're the first to come on with Halloween. <laughs> just like the candy. That's so funny. That's so funny. And then. What is your spirit animal? If you had to pick an animal that you felt like you see and you're like, my spirit isn't that animal. What would it's you say? Probably a bird. Any type of bird. bird. I feel like <laughs> I feel like birds and I like I don't know. I I think because they can go anywhere they want and they're not limited limited by anything. They can go south, they could go north, like they can do whatever they want. I think that's what I like about a bird. <laughs> So when I asked you that question, you know what animal pops in my head for you? An, e an eagle. An eagle. And I don't know why. An eagle. Oh, wow. An eagle. And then you said bird. And I was like, well, there it is. I just knew it. I was like, she's like an eagle. Totally what? Okay. And then. I'm only like five foot and like a hundred pounds. Like I'm a really small eagle, but I'm an eagle. That's funny. And then what are your favorite pizza toppings? If you have any, do you eat pizza? I don't know if you eat pizza, but what is a favorite pizza topping? Pizza. Yeah, I, mean, I love yeah, I mean, like, I'm a, I'm a, like a supreme, like veggie person, like any, like all the things, all the things, oh, all the things, like everything, like pineapple <laughs> with yeah. like a mushroom, all of it. All of it. I've never actually had anchovies, but I'd probably like them. I don't know. I'm not picky. <laughs> that or, really good cause I can't have all that together. That or picky chicken pizza. I really, oh, really that's like a good too. One. That's a good, good one. Stuff. I've had that one too. Yeah, yeah that's good. So. Please tell my guests where they can find you. Give a, a shameless plug for your business before we get out of here. Yes. So my nurses who are interested in covering freelance writing, seeing if it's something that you would like, go to SavvyNurseWriter.com or check out the podcast, The Savvy's Craft. Yeah. Guys, I'll link all our stuff in the show notes. Thanks for coming on to the podcast today and listening. I hope you were able to get something from today's message and that you guys go out there and enjoy the journey of your careers. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Jim, Mama, Papa. I love Mama. Bye.
So that's a wrap. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave me a review. If you like the show, I would love to get five stars. The Dr. Nurse podcast is on the World Wide Web, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and TikTok. Subscribe to my newsletter for updates on new podcast episodes and other information to help you on your own nursing journey. You can always message me at the Dr. Nurse podcast at gmail.com with any career professions that you are interested in hearing about. And just a friendly reminder, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the information should not be used in substitute for professional care by a medical provider. The information in this podcast does not represent medical or professional advice or services.